the curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. 
His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep... Good morning. We're so glad that you're here today at Victor Christian Fellowship for our Sunday morning, and we're just excited about what God is doing. Father God, we give you thanks and praise that you are strong and mighty, you are alive and well, and we glorify you today and bless your holy name in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together. Are you ready to worship this morning? It's Palm Sunday. We're giving praise and honor to
wants to work inside of you before people can see it on the outside of you. So when the enemy comes to mock you with shame and condemnation that God's word isn't working for you, you have to stand assured that it has worked. It's working inside of you. The devil does not have to be the barometer to tell you whether or not it's working. Amen. You've got to know that it's working inside of you. Hallelujah. All the shame of sickness has to go because healing is working inside of you. Hallelujah. When Jesus healed some of the folks, he said, go on your way. As they went, they were healed. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So you receive the healing anointing in your body and you say healing is working inside of me all the time. Hallelujah. All the time it's working and it's working mightily. Anything that you need from God, it's working inside of you. Don't worry about what people are giving you feedback about. You give yourself feedback. It's working. Hallelujah. Come on, let's lift our hands and thank Him that everything that we ever asked for is working inside of us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We worship you in this place. My Jesus, my Savior, Lord, there is none like you. And all of my days, I want to praise the wonders of your mighty love. My
you, Lord. We worship you in this place. You're worthy. Just lift your hands and worship him. Lord, we thank you for what you've done in our lives. We worship you in this place. We worship you, Lord. Come on, you got to break through in worship today. and the splendor of our God. He's inviting you to come and do his glory. Come and step into another realm. Come up to a higher level. The Lord spoke to Moses and he told him to come up to the mountain and let's meet together. Oh, God is inviting you to a personal meeting with him. A face-to-face conversation. A talk between friends. He's got things he wants you to know. Things he wants you to do. Things that you need to see. Hallelujah. Are you ready to step in? Glory to God. Thank you, Lord, that you are here. You are in our midst. And you are working. Your spirit is moving. Your word is producing life and health. And Lord, we thank you for speaking to us.
It's a time to rejoice and be glad. Look to the Lord. That's where your help comes from. Lift up your eyes and I will help you. I will deliver you. So rejoice and be glad. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. No, you got to rejoice. 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 We are not the silent majority. Mm. Thank you, Amen. Well, you may have your seats. Glory to God. Thank you, Signature Worship Team. Y'all are blessed. You have a good crew. Hallelujah. Well, we have a new confession starting for this quarter. We're going to emphasize the power of the blood. Glory to God. Amen. It's already on. Amen. We have a new microphone, too. <laughs> Hallelujah. We're testing it out. See if we like it. All right. You ready to make a confession that's based on God's word? Let's make our confession together. There is power in the blood of Jesus. His blood contains the life and love of God. The blood of Jesus is more precious than silver and gold, for he is the unblemished and spotless Lamb of God. Through his blood we are forgiven, and we have been fully redeemed from sin. The blood of Jesus is a shelter of divine protection all around us, and we are kept safe from our enemy. We have faith in the blood of God's Son because it freed us from the guilt of sin. It makes us acceptable to God and grants us eternal life. Jesus, filled with the fullness of God, has reconciled us to himself and given us peace through the blood of his cross. Through Christ's blood, we receive mercy. We are born again. We have a living hope. And we have obtained an inheritance from God. The blood of Christ through the eternal Holy Spirit has cleansed our consciences from dead works and has enabled us to serve the ever-living God. We can confidently and freely enter God's throne room by the blood of Jesus. We can come before God in truth, sincerity, and confident faith. Jesus granted us access to this holy place when he died on the cross. We overcome the accusations of the devil by the blood of the Lamb and our own personal testimony. At Victory, our vision is to reach out beyond our walls with the message of salvation, hope, and inheritance, to proclaim the uncompromising word of God, to build a strong body of believers, and and to to encourage encourage relationships in a loving atmosphere. We activate God's word to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. At Victory Christian Fellowship, we are inheriting God's promises and experiencing their benefits. Amen.
I wanted to share something real quick before uh, announcements. What I saw in worship uh, was that whatever you asked God for, you have already received on the inside, which you know this because we teach it. But what is happening is the enemy is giving you feedback from what he sees on the outside. And when that happens, you are saying and agreeing with what the enemy is saying on the outside. What you have to keep saying is, I have accepted whatever it is. Let's take take healing. I have accepted healing inside of me from the greatest healer in the universe. There's no other greater healer that that it's paid in full. I don't owe anyone anything for my healing, including an explanation. This is key. You have, if you've received the divine power of God inside of you, you don't have to explain to anybody why none of it is showing on the outside yet. It's none of their business. And you don't make it your business either. See, the devil wants to come and give you a change of plans. And the way he does that is by giving you feedback, right? You decide who you're going to take feedback from. Take it from the Holy Spirit inside of you. And you keep saying what it is that you're agreeing with God for. This is key. If you want things to happen quickly, you have to keep saying what you want to happen. And don't accept any other offers. When Mary got pregnant by the word, it was told her that she would become pregnant by the Holy Spirit. She didn't go get a test and do all that stuff. She just accepted it. And she even went to her cousin Elizabeth. And her cousin's testimony to her was that she was pregnant. You got to hang around with the right people. Amen. So you got to know, do not accept any other offers. This is your, if you didn't get anything out of it today, I don't know what pastor's preaching about, but I'm telling you folks, whatever you have asked and agreed with God on, don't accept any other offers. The contract has been signed and you have already approved to do business with God. Concerning your life, you don't give it to another vendor. Amen. Amen. Awesome, awesome, awesome. That is good news. Woohoo! <laughs> All right. Our wonderful administrator is putting the announcements all on one side. I noticed. So I don't have to flip it. Thank you, Lisa. <laughs> she notices these fine details. Awesome. Today is book club for the women after service. We are discussing our purpose and releasing our potential. Woohoo! And next Sunday is Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. Hallelujah. Glory. So invite your family, your neighbors, your coworkers, people in the store. Invite them here for Sunday service that they might meet Jesus anew or for the first time. That'll be awesome. 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock. Next Sunday, we celebrate Easter. Jesus is alive. Glory. 
Whew. Okay. This is so beautiful. It's all these colors. I'm trying to like find find the words cuz I I notice colors first. <laughs> ah, Tuesday. I know Tuesday is Air Force. Yes, and Tuesday is also this generation. So this generation is our reaching into the schools with Jesus to the middle school students in Palmyra. And that happens uh, around 125 to 225. And then in the evening, we have the youth group meeting from 6 to 8. And thank you to all who have subscribed to our YouTube channel. And if you haven't, check it out. New Gen Air Force. We shorten New Generation New Gen Air Force. It's on YouTube, and we ask you to subscribe and help us get the good news of Jesus to the world. That's what we have in sight. World Harvest. So um, we've been able to go live because we've reached YouTube's 50 mark, but now the next mark is 1,000 subscribers, and this isn't going to take long. Okay? Then we can do more things and have more avenues to communicate on that platform, but we're not relying just on that platform, trust me. We have tents and events and all sorts of things in sight. Jesus said, look at the fields, they're ripe and ready for harvest, and we are looking at all the fields. This summer is going to be like no summer. Yep, it is. I'm super excited about that, not just for the youth, but for all of us. Start looking into your harvest fields. What fields are around you? There's harvest in that field. Yes. And we're going to reap it for the glory of God. Woo-hoo. Okay. That was all about Tuesday. <laughs> I didn't forget where I was. <laughs> and then we have Wednesday night refreshing. That's at 630 and it gets more refreshinger and refreshinger. Yes. Put the pep in your step, a song in your mouth. Yeah. Glory to God. Come on Wednesdays at 6.30 for Wednesday Night Refreshing. Okay. Then, that's Wednesday. Thursday this week, there is not Bible Adventure because the kids have off of school to, for uh, Easter break or spring break. So no Bible adventure this Thursday. And then in the middle here, I have about our women's conference. Come on, ladies. Come on down. You're the next contestant. This is the conference to be at. I urge you. I strongly behoove you. That was a word I learned in college. I love that behoove. Okay, I urge you strongly, clear your calendar, clear it, and be here, be here. Some ladies are splitting it, wet Friday night or Saturday, but at least get your foot at least here one of the times. But I say two feet are better. Yeah, because if you're just one footer, you know. Okay, but either way, get yourself here. Ask the Lord to help you clear your calendar, your schedule, and invite people. Just keep inviting them. The Lord has prepared a banquet for us women, and just keep inviting people. Just invite them. 
They might say no the first time, but then when it comes around, they'll be like, oh, you know what? I'm going to that. So make sure you get the message out. Women's Conference with Dr. Pastor Fiona and Pastor Patty Akui. Yes, I love Pastor Patty Akui. She has vision and she has determination to be more than victorious, more than a conqueror. 30 islands with a school, a Rama training school. She is gathering the harvest, and we can help her. That's another harvest field. Get your sickle in it, and come on, let's harvest the fields, right? Or if you want to combine, like, come on. Yeah, some of us have the sickles, some of us have the combines. <sighs> so, be here. Be here. Invite people to be here. I'm, I'm just letting you know, God's setting us up big time. And we need to be in the house among our sisters. There's something that happens when we come together in one accord like that. Okay. Then there's this beautiful cake with strawberries on top. And it says, silent auction, find out more. I think I'll make a cake for the silent auction. That sounds, anybody want to make a cake for the silent auction or a pie? Like, ask the Lord, what do you have in your hand that you can donate for the silent auction? It benefits, bless the children home. Yeah, we all have something in our hand. Ask the Lord. Guys, I'm talking to you too. You can donate something. For Bless the Children Home, silent auction, which will be happening exclusively at the Women's Conference. I mean, if you have someone that doesn't even want to come to the Women's Conference, they might just come for the silent auction. It's exclusive. You can't do it anywhere else. You've got to be here to participate in the silent auction. There's some awesome things coming in. There's some awesome things coming in. Start thinking about gifts that you want for yourself or for your family and start doing your shopping early. Yes. Okay. It's okay. I'm almost done. (laughs) Ah, this is exciting news too. It goes from exciting to more exciting to more exciting. And if you're not excited, I'll I'll help you get excited. Okay, Wednesday, April 12th, mark your calendars, Wednesday, April 12th, is our community prayer, praise, and worship service. This is the second one for 2023. Glory. So you want to be in the house Wednesday, April 12th, for community prayer, praise, and worship service. God bless you. And Jesus loves you. Woohoo! Hallelujah. People who are religious are like a sunken treasure. Can't use it unless you find it, but you kind of look deep and you got to extract it. But we like to have a group of believers here that are drunken treasures. 
Amen? You know, uh, God equates being filled with the Spirit like drinking wine. He said, be not drunk with wine where it is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And uh, you can literally get drunk in the Spirit. It has no hangovers or side effects. Hallelujah. Well, um, everybody say the world. Many of you may know or some of you may not know that uh, we have a thing here at Victory Christian Fellowship called the Commission Club. And uh, it was uh, a term that God gave, you know, he, um, he has a great commission. Uh, Matthew chapter 28, verse uh, 18 and 19 says, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, right? And uh, teach them all that uh, I've taught you, observing, you know. Uh, so that's the great commission where we are been commissioned by the Lord to touch the world. And uh, this year, I have the opportunity again to uh, go to India. And, uh, you know, you can help change the world with your change. Right? We have a container by our seed planter. And that's for the Commission Club. You can bring in your change. I know uh, our country's trying to do away with change. But uh, let's put the change to work for the world. You can, with your change, you can change the world. And... Uh, the Commission Club is for um, people who are from this church who uh, go to the mission field, and uh, it helps uh, do that, and um, you can participate that, and not just your change, but you can give regularly towards that anyway. Uh, <laughs> but I'm, I'm scheduled to teach in two schools in India, but then my friend... Uh, who I went to India the first time, he said, can you just give us a couple days? So I said, I'm going to see how I can work it out. And then um, towards the end of the year, uh, I'm going to be going to Liberia and uh, participating in a conference that's in West Africa. And, uh, of course, Dr. Fiona, she's going to be going back to Guyana. So uh, guess what? You can touch the world right here from Palmyra. Amen? Amen. Uh, you may not be able to go, but you can send. So I'll go representing you, and uh, you send me. Amen? Amen? All right. I want to just touch on a story in Second Kings chapter 3, verse 8, before we dismiss the kids. Everybody say harvest. This is a story of a harvest, and the greater the seed is the greater the harvest. All right? So I'm going to be reading from the Amplified in 2 Kings chapter, I'm sorry, chapter 4. 2 Kings chapter 4, starting with verse 8. 2 Kings 4, 8. Now there came a day when Elisha went over to, the, to Shunem, where there was a prominent and influential woman, and she persuaded him to eat a meal. Everybody say a meal. This was her first seed. This prominent, influential woman had come in contact with a prophet, and she persuaded him to have a meal. She sowed a meal into his life, okay? Then verse 9, she said to her husband, behold, I sense that this is a holy man of God 
who frequently passes our way. Please let us make a small, fully walled upper room on the housetop and put a bed there for him with a table, a chair, and a lampstand. Then whenever he comes to visit us, he can turn there. She started with a meal, and then she went to a a new addition to her home. She built a furnished room that he could have everything that he needed to, to, to reside there when he passes by. All right? So her seed was growing. Okay? And then, uh, to make a long story short, um, the prophet in, inquired about uh, what he could do for the Shunammite woman to repay her for her kindness. And uh, he, he, uh, he said, uh, what is it in verse 14? He said, what then is to be done for her? Notice he was expecting to do something in return. A harvest is God doing something for you in return. Amen. A harvest is a return on your seed. Okay. So his servant said, well, she doesn't have a son. Okay. So then the prophet said, by this time next year, you're going to have a son. And I'm paraphrasing. She said, prophet, don't toy with me. Right. And a year later, what happened? She had a son. Her husband was old. That's a harvest. Amen. It was having a son was a big, big deal in that day. That's a harvest. Okay. Now, because her seed increased, her harvest increased. Now the boy who had grown up one day, he went out to see his father and he said, Oh, my head, my head. And the father held him in his arms and he died. And he took, the father took the child to the mother. And the mother held him in, held him uh, in her arms, and he basically died in her arms. And so he, she put him in the room that she built for the prophet, laid him on his bed. And uh, she said to her servant, go get the donkey ready, and uh, I'm going to go see the prophet. And the husband was like, it's not a special day. It's not a holiday. Why are you doing it today? He said, uh, everything's good. It is well, right? And uh, she tells her servant, go as, keep up the speed and, and don't slow down unless I tell you to, right? Then she gets to the prophet and uh, the prophet, you know, he doesn't know what's going on because the Lord didn't show him. She's at his feet and uh, Elisha, the prophet, he sends his servant Gehazi. He said, go put my staff on the child. And then the prophet comes to where the boy is, Right? And uh, the boy's dead. He's been dead for a while. And uh, the prophet goes into the upper room. He lays on the boy face to face, hand to hand, right? And uh, he did that a couple times. And then the boy came back to life. That's another harvest. Amen. The greater the harvest comes from the greater of the seed. She started with a meal and then she built an addition. And she got a son that she didn't have, and she got her son that she didn't have uh, raised to life. Amen? So I want you to think about your seeds. Your seeds say, my seed makes a difference in my life. It opens the doorway for God to move on my behalf. With the seeds I plant, I fully expect 
a harvest in return. Because my God is good and faithful. In Jesus' name, amen. Of course, you can give your seed anytime during the service. In, your, in the planters there, you can use a card in the bookstore. If you're watching online, go to the website, give it that way. And Father, I just am so excited that I can bless your givers and their gifts, Lord. And I thank you, Lord. I call them blessed, blessed, blessed. You will prosper them, protect them, and provide for them in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. Hallelujah. All right, before we send the kids, I'll just put a little smile on your face. An older pastor... Uh, was in the practice of visiting a local school one day a week. And he walked into the fourth grade class where the children were studying the states. And he asked them how many states they could name. They came with about 40 of them. He jokingly told them that in his day, students had to know the names of all the states. One lad raised his hand and said, yes, but in those days, there were only 13 states. (laughs) One more. A housewife was having difficulty with her gas bills. It seems every month after she mailed her check, she was notified she had sent either too much money or not enough. After a few months of this, uh, it appeared uh, she uh, it appeared she and the gas company would never agree on how much she owed. The problem was finally solved when one kind soul in the company's office checked into the payments and sent her a little handwritten note that read, "Please pay the amount you have been paying the date." <laughs> Of course, if you pay the date, you'll never get the right amount. (laughs) Hallelujah. All right, kids and teachers and volunteers, are you ready for an awesome, anointed, incredible kid's life? Kids living in faith every day. We love kids because Jesus loves kids. Amen. So kids, have a great class. Hallelujah. Woo. And it's not over yet. Every one of us are familiar with two natural things that we experience every day hunger and thirst anybody never get hungry anybody never get thirsty okay well you know god uses these two natural things that we experience every day and he equates them with spiritual desire so today i want to talk to you about hunger and thirst, because the Bible has something to say about these things. Now, as I was looking over my notes, I know today is uh, Palm Sunday, and uh, I was looking over that story, but the Holy Ghost wasn't in it. (laughs) 
Amen. I mean, he wasn't in me sharing it. You know, Palm Sunday was when Jesus rode on the donkey. He had a triumphal entry. And uh, the people who shouted Hosanna a couple days later wanted to crucify him. But it represents him coming as our king. And uh, so I did, I, I was looking into that. I was like, okay, is this what you want to share? And I was like, no. And I said, okay, what do you want to share? And this is what he wants to share. Amen. How many know we need to be led by the Spirit? And, and that's not to discount days or holy days, but, you know, sometimes we can't just be led by the calendar. We've got to be led by the Spirit. And uh, there's reasons why that God wants to emphasize things, because he knows he's got the big picture. And uh, I'm just glad to follow him. How about you? So the Lord is the source of all good things in life. Think about that. He is the source of all good. That all good and perfect gifts come down from above, from the Father of lights, in whom there's no variance, no shadow. Everybody say every good thing. God is the giver of good things. Okay? And he is the only one that can truly satisfy a soul. What your soul longs for, you will not be satisfied in anything unless it connects with God. Okay? So, um, he meets every want and every desire that we could possibly have. Our part is to seek him, to go after him, to pursue him, to wait for him. Amen? And when we do that, he will meet us. Hallelujah. And uh, how many has a Jesus craving today? We got to crave for Jesus. We got to desire Jesus. Amen. And uh, so much in the world today, people don't have a craving for Jesus. They have a craving for religion, but I don't want religion. Jesus didn't come to give us religion. He came to give us a relationship. See, I'm craving Jesus. I got a hunkering for Jesus. Hallelujah. Go with me to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. This is the uh, account of the Beatitudes. They're called Beatitudes because the Lord wants these attitudes to be in you. They're Beatitudes so that they can be in you. All right? I'm not going to go over all these. But I want you to look at verse 6. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 6. Oh, no, I'm, yeah, verse 6. Uh, blessed are those who hunger and thirst. If you're hungry and thirsty today, you're blessed. There is a blessing that comes with being hungry and thirsty. Then what does he say? For righteousness. He, we have to be hungry and thirsty for righteousness. That only comes from one place. That comes from God. For they might hopefully maybe be filled. No? So the only qualification that you need to be filled is to hunger and thirst for righteousness. They shall be filled. Who? Those who hunger and thirst for what? For righteousness. If you have a hunger and a thirst for righteousness, you shall be filled. 
You shall be satisfied. Your desire will be met. Hallelujah. Let me just tell you some things about God. You know, when you put him first, he'll give you things. Matthew 6.33, seek first the kingdom of God and his what? Righteousness. He said all these things, everybody say things, will be added to you. How many like things? Does God mind having you things? Or does God mind you having things? No. Just as long as the things don't have you. You can have as many things as you want. Jesus told his disciples, he said, everyone who left me, left their father, mother, sister, brethren, and houses, you'll get a hundredfold of those things in this lifetime. Amen? All right? Go to Matthew 7, 11. <laughs> and Matthew wasn't even Indian. It's a phenomenon. I've never been to a 7-Eleven that wasn't owned by an Indian. That's just, that's just my experience. And I, I've, been, I've been to a lot of different places. Matthew 7-11. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts... To your children, how much more, that's a word to get excited about, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who seek him? Amen? Will God give good, will, does God give good things? Yeah, he does. You, you got to know that. You got to know that he's a giver of good things. All right? Go to Romans Chapter 8 and verse 28. Romans 8 and verse 28. I'm just letting you know that God is good and he's worth seeking. Because when you seek God, you will get satisfied. You will have your desires met. Every want, desire, and need will be met. Okay, Romans 8 and... uh, Verse 28, so then, and we we know that all things work together for what? For good. To who? To those who love God, right? And to those who are called according to his purpose. How many love God? How many are called according to his purpose? Then we ought to expect good things to happen to us. All things working out for our good. Why? Because I love God and I'm called according to his purpose. And if if you love God, you're going to go after God. If you love God, you're going to pursue God. If you love God, you're going to seek God. If you love God, you're going to uh, yearn for God. Right? Now go down to verse 32. Look at this. He who did not spare his own son but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Ever say, give me all things. If God's not going to withhold his son, he's not going to withhold any good thing from his children. Amen? He's a giver of good things. Hallelujah. All right? So let's talk 
about hunger a little bit. What does it mean to hungry? It means to desire earnestly. You have to have an earnest desire. That's, a, that's the hunger that he's talking about here. To crave ardently. I love those words. To seek with eager desire. Earnest, earnestness, eagerness, and ardency. Those are strong. You're going after that desire with everything that's in you. When someone, you know, someone who likes to make food, when they meet someone who's hungry, it's a beautiful relationship. Isn't it? When someone likes to cook, what do they tell people if they're preparing a meal for them? Come what? Come hungry. Why? Because they want you to eat as much as you can because they just have this big smile. When they prepare this meal, they, they just like when you enjoy it. And you know, when someone comes hungry, they come ready to eat. They come ready to participate. First of all, they show up. A hungry person comes to the table, right? Hallelujah. If someone makes a meal for me, I don't have to think twice about it. If I'm available, I'm there. Amen? Okay? What does it mean to thirst? It means to painfully feel the want and to eagerly long for. When you're hungry and thirsty, nothing distracts you until you get those desires met. Right? Sometimes when you're overly hungry, maybe it affects your behavior in a negative way. Right? Because until you sit down and enjoy that meal. So when you thirst, you are You are eagerly longing for that which your soul is refreshed, supported, and strengthened. You know, when you're super thirsty and then you satisfy that thirst, doesn't it feel good? Hallelujah. All right? Glory to God. So hunger and thirst are expressive of strong desire. All right? Go with me to Luke chapter 1. And verse 35, Luke chapter 1 and verse 35. He's not talking about natural things. He's talking about spiritual things. Luke 1 verse 35. Oh, I'm sorry, 53. (laughs) Verse 53, this is a prophecy. This is what Mary sang. He has filled the who? With what? Good things. And he has, and the rich he has sent away with them. Say, my God fills me with good things. How do I get that good thing? One qualification, be hungry. Be hungry. Be thirsty. And, and, and God will meet that. Amen? Go to Psalms 107. Psalms 107 and verse 9. Psalm 107 
and verse 9. You didn't think that the Bible had said, could say so much about hunger and thirst. Psalm 107 and verse 9. Notice what it says. For he satisfies the hungry soul and fills the hungry with goodness. Woo! What you eating? I'm eating a goodness sandwich. Hallelujah. It's loaded with goodness. And boy, does it taste good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen? There is a taste. You got to have a taste for spiritual things. You got to have a taste for the move of the Spirit. You got to have a taste for gifts of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit. You got to have a taste for the things of God. Why? Because it does the body good. It helps you. It strengthens you. It nourishes you. It satisfies you. I have never been disappointed whenever I went after God. You will never find disappointment at the end of that pursuit. When you pursue God, you're going to find something good. You're going to find something life-giving. You're going to find something wonderful. You're going to find something incredible. You do the pursuing, and God will do the feeding. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Go to Psalm 23. Everybody, this is a familiar psalm, isn't it? You probably heard this at least once in your life. Psalm 23. You know, one preacher said we can't just read the Bible. We got to read the Bible. Amen? Because there's stuff in here. Psalm 23. Look at verse 5. You prepare a what? A table. What do you think's on the table? You got the bread of life. It's on the table. You got new wine. It's on the table. You got God's will, which is, which is the meat of Jesus. That's, that's on the table. Amen? You got honey on the table. You got milk on the table. He prepared a table before you in the presence of your enemies. Why? There's, there's more good things on the table. Don't even worry about your enemy. You already got the victory. You already overcome. He's already defeated. Just sit down and enjoy yourself. He prepares a table before you in the wilderness. Now, God's not going to put up a table with nothing on it. Here's your table. Because then he says, you anoint my head with oil and my cup runs over. Whoo, there's plenty on the table. There's abundance on the table. There's more than enough on the table. God has a supply that will never run dry. What kind of life did Jesus come to give us? A barely get along life? A hope you make it life? No, he, he said, I give you abundant life, more, more than enough to the full, overflowing, rich life. Hallelujah. Go with me to the book of Isaiah, chapter 55. We're going to look at this and John chapter 6 in depth. Isaiah 55, verse 1. Glory to God. Say, I'm hungering and I'm thirsting for God. 
You know, if you need healing in your body, come meet the healer. He, when you meet the healer, you get healing. All right? Isaiah 55, verse 1. Ho! That's the rapper side of Isaiah was a rapper. Ho! Everyone, is he leaving anybody out? He's, he's talking to anybody with a desire. Anybody with a passion. Everyone who thirsts, come to the, the, the drip. What did he say? Come to the waters. The waters. Why? There's more than enough for everyone. And you who have no money, come, buy, and eat. Today you have come to God's cafe. And we're not going to charge you for this meal, but it's going to satisfy your soul. And you have come to God's cafe with Chef Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Chef Holy Ghost has prepared a meal for you. And you can come and you can buy and you can eat. Didn't say how much you can buy. Did he? Come buy wine and milk without money, without price. Everybody say without money. Well, if I can buy this food without money, how do I get the food? With F-A-I-T-H, faith. Did you know that faith is the only currency that God will accept? If you've got faith, you can get anything you need from God and you don't need money. Hallelujah. Did Adam and Eve have money? No, they didn't have money. They had, they had rivers. They had a garden. They had trees. They had abundance. They had everything taken care of for them. But they didn't have money, but they didn't lack anything either. Think about it. They didn't even, they didn't even have to, uh, they didn't have to pull weeds. Glory to God. God sent rivers into the garden to water it. He caused, he, he set up trees that would produce themselves with the seed in them. Hallelujah. He said, you can eat as many of these trees as you want. Glory to God. Just the, the one versus the many. Right? Leave this one alone. Don't touch this one. Don't eat from this one. Right? You eat from this one, you die. But all the rest of them you can eat from. Amen? Did Adam and Eve, could they, did they have a limit on what they could eat? Woo, glory to God. Hallelujah. So, we need to come to Jesus. You need to make your way toward him. Right? See, the action of one who's hungry and thirsty is they come. All right? You've got to draw closer to him than ever before. Today is a time of drawing close to him. Amen? You've got to push back the barriers. You've got to leap over the wall, run through the troop. Right? And you've got to get to Jesus. The woman with the issue of blood, she was hungry. Why? She made her way to Jesus. The Roman centurion was hungry. Why? He made his way to Jesus. They were hungry for, they, they had a need in their house. And the centurion knew that Jesus was the only one that could meet that need. So he went to him. And what happened? Did Jesus meet the need? Absolutely. 
Why? Because the centurion was hungry. He was thirsty. He had a desire. You got to come to perfect love. If you struggle with fear, come to perfect love. Perfect love will cast out that fear. Perfect love gets a hold of fear's neck and just tosses it out. Who's perfect love? Jesus is perfect love. Amen? Hallelujah. We need to come to absolute truth. You know what? There is absolute truth today. And, and God is just is looking for people that will stand for absolute truth. They will call wrong, wrong, and right, right. The world is, is in a gray area today. They're, they're mixed up, right? Some males think they're females. Some females think they're males. No, that's mixed up. You are what you are when you were created. Okay? We need to come to freedom. I'll tell you what, religion restricts you, but Jesus sets you free. We need to come to freedom. We need to come to health. You know, healing is good, but what about walking in health? Amen? We need to walk in health. Beloved, 3 John 2, Scripture, it is my desire that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Now, the soul prospering, that's the hunger and the thirst. Because if you want your soul to prosper, you're going to have to pursue God. Amen? You, you can't have your soul prospering by yourself. You need, you need Jesus. You need to have a relationship with Jesus. You need to read your Bible. You need to pray. You need to worship. We ought to be able to lift our hands in worship. Why? Because we've come to freedom. There was a time in my life when I didn't lift my hands, but then I got free. And now it's not a problem for me. I enjoy lifting my hands. Amen? We need to come to health and wealth. If there was ever a time to prosper, it's today. It's right now. Amen? Prosper according to God's way. Everybody say El Shaddai is not El Chipo. El Shaddai is a name for God that Abraham discovered. It means more than enough. It means almighty, all-sufficient one. Our God is El Shaddai. He's not El Chipo. Amen? Say, I'm coming to health and wealth. We're coming to success. There's no, there's no greater successful person on the planet than Jesus. Amen? He was so successful, he retired at 33 and a half. Hallelujah. He, he, he is so successful that he did what he needed to do in three and a half years. Aren't you glad for that? Come to success. We need to come to victory. I mean, you're here at victory, but we need to come to victory. The bigger V, right? We're the little V in the bigger V. Amen. Come to victory. Come to acceptance. Did you know that you're accepted in the beloved? So if you're lonely, you need to know that you're accepted. Tell yourself that I've been accepted in the beloved. You have a place of acceptance where God accepts you. He accepts you as you are, but he doesn't keep you as you are. Because when you accept him, you change. Anybody changes? they met Jesus? Oh, yeah. 
I changed a lot. Amen? We need to come to our inheritance and purpose. And that's only found in Jesus. And we need to come to life. Jesus is the giver of life. And we need to come to strength. Okay? Now, we're going to take a break from John or from Isaiah 55. And we're going to come back to it. But let's go to John 6 for a minute. John chapter 6. And uh, in this passage of Scripture... I counted at least nine times that Jesus talks about being the bread of life. Why did, why did he call himself bread of life? You know, bread is like a staple for us in America, right? We eat a lot of bread. And the people who, who make pizza make a lot of dough, <laughs> right? Because we, we eat a lot of bread, <laughs> So we keep the pizza makers in business, right? But Jesus said he's the bread of life because that's like a basic sustenance that people can have to survive on. But God doesn't just want you to survive. He wants you to thrive. All right, so let's go to John chapter 6, verse 32. John 6, and we're going to look at this passage for quite some time. We're just going to camp here for just a little bit, then we're going to come back to Isaiah 55. All right? Okay, John 6, 32. Then Jesus said to them, I assure you, and most solemnly I say to you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread out of heaven, but my Father who gives you the true bread out of heaven. Everybody say the true bread. How many hunger for the true bread? The true bread is calorieless. It has no calories. It will not put rolls on you. It might make you roll, but it won't give you rolls. Right? The true bread from heaven is the only thing that can satisfy your soul. We got the true bread. Amen? All right. Let's look at verse uh, 33. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. How many want life? Well, then eat the bread. What bread? Ezekiel bread? White bread? Wheat bread? No. The bread from heaven who came in a form of a person who is the word of God. If you have a device or a Bible, hold it up. This, this, say, this is my daily bread. Everybody say daily. daily. If you want to be a strong spiritual person, you got to partake of daily bread daily. Right? Okay. All right, verse 34. Then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. See, he started talking about the bread from heaven. They're like, we want this bread always. Guess what? You can have it always. God's bread is not just for Sundays or Wednesdays. God's bread is for every day in between. Amen? Hallelujah. It tastes good. It never goes stale. God's bread doesn't mold. Glory to God. It's fresh. And it stays fresh. And it freshens you, strengthens you, it livens you, it quickens you. Hallelujah. All right, verse 36. Well, verse 35, can't get ahead of myself. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. 
He who comes to me, everybody say comes to him, okay, shall never hunger. And he who believes in me shall never thirst. So we have to do two things. We have to come to him and we have to believe in him. When we come to him, we believe in him, we will be fully satisfied, we'll never hunger and we'll never thirst. Because we have a divine connection with a life-giving source. Everybody say, I got to come to him and I got to believe in him. That involves no money. That makes Isaiah, what Isaiah said even greater. Say, I don't need money. All I need is faith. I got faith, so I'm ready. Hallelujah. You, you already have what you need to come and get what you want. Say, I have what I need, so I can come and get what I want. All right. Verse 36. But I said to you that you who have seen me and yet do not believe. Wow, there were some people that saw Jesus and didn't believe. If you don't believe, you don't get. If you don't believe, you don't receive. Okay? Verse 37. All that the Father gives me will come to me. And the one who comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. Isn't that good news? God is not going to cast you out. If you come to him, he's going to say, come on. He's going to welcome you. He's going to receive you. And he's going to accept you. But you got to come to him. See, Christianity, well, let me say it this way. Faith requires an action. It could be a speaking of a word or taking a step. If you're coming to Jesus, you're taking an action. Right? So many people sit and want Jesus to come to them. He may or may not. But you can always come to him. And that will always work. Amen? Jesus goes where faith is. Jairus, the ruler of the synagogue, he came to Jesus in faith. He said, come, lay your hands on my daughter, and she will live. Okay? How do we know that he came in faith? Because the word went with him. Jesus went with him, right? But along the way, another person came with faith. The woman with the issue of blood. They stopped the going to Jairus' house. Because why? Faith was here. Jesus said, wait a minute, we got to stop. Faith is here. Jesus goes wherever faith is. Okay? So the woman with the issue of blood, she had a hunger and thirst for healing. So she came to Jesus, touched him, bam! She got healed. She felt it immediately in her. Right? But now, time had passed. The, The amount of time that Jesus took with the woman, now... Servants are coming to Jesus and Jerry. He said, don't trouble the master anymore. Your daughter is dead. Has nothing to do with time. It has everything to do with faith. Right? Jesus heard those words. He looked at Jarius and said, don't be afraid. Only what? If you got faith, you got the currency to get the goods. Woo! Glory to God. You got faith in your account. How does faith come? By hearing what? So you, you can add to your account every day. Say, say I got a big faith account. It's overflowing. I got too much faith. I got big faith. 
I got strong faith. I'm unstoppable. So Jairus had to believe. What did he have to believe? What he originally said. Because Jesus goes where faith is. So Jesus or Jairus kept his mouth shut. He didn't give in to the fear. He didn't give in to the emotions. Did he have some emotions with the news? You betcha. He just, when he left, his daughter wasn't dead, but now she's dead. You know, he didn't say, well, that woman just interrupted my progress. He didn't say that. He was just silent. He kept what he believed. Why? Because he was about to make a purchase. He didn't spend his faith on frivolous things. He didn't spend his faith gossiping. He didn't spend his faith backbiting. He didn't spend his faith arguing. He didn't spend his faith reasoning. He didn't spend his faith doubting. Say he kept believing. He stayed in belief. He said, I'm, 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 I'm in a belief automobile and I'm not getting out. And when they got to the house, Jesus puts out the doubters, right? The mourners were all there. They used to hire mourners that would carry on, cry and wail, right? And uh, Jesus walks in and he agrees with Jerry. He said, the daughter's not dead. Everybody went from mourning to mocking, just like that. So he puts them out. But what did, Jer- what did Jesus do? He did exactly what Jairus asked him to do. He touched his daughter, and his daughter got healed, and his daughter lived. She was, she was raised from the dead. Why? He had faith to buy that purchase. That happened by faith. It didn't happen with money. It didn't happen with good looks. It didn't happen with position. He had a prominent position. He was a ruler of a synagogue. He was respected. He had followers. But it happened with faith. It had everything to do with faith and nothing else. Amen? If Jairus could get his miracle by faith, can you? Absolutely. Why? We have the same faith. Just stay in faith. Okay? Let's read on. Um. Let's go down to uh, let's go down to verse forty-one. The Jews then complained about him because he said, "I am the bread which came down from heaven." <laughs> religion will complain because religion wants to trust in itself. Because religion is self-righteous; they think they're better than anybody else. So they got ticked off because Jesus said he's the bread from heaven. (laughs) Verse 42, and they said, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How then, how is it then that he says, I have come down from heaven? They were only looking at him naturally. He's a carpenter. He's the son of Mary and Joseph. We know him. We see him. Don't know anything else about him. But he he comes with a spiritual kingdom. He comes with a spiritual agenda. All right? Verse 43, Jesus therefore answered and said to them, Do not murmur among yourselves. Murmuring destroys faith. Murmuring depletes your faith account. 
And if you murmur, doesn't matter when you murmur, it destroys your faith. Say don't, say, don't murmur. What does murmur mean? To complain, to grumble. I'm not saying words, but you know what I'm doing. Okay. Verse 44. No man can come to me unless the Father who sent uh, me draw him, and I raise him up on the last day. We have a promise of resurrection. Hallelujah. Say, resurrection's coming. If this body dies, I'm still going to live. But then when Jesus comes again, I'm getting a glorified body. Hallelujah. But you know what? If you want to come to God, it's the Holy Spirit who draws you. The Holy Spirit says, hey, come. Come over here. Come closer. The Holy Spirit says, come. You know, because you've accepted Jesus Christ, you've heard the voice of the Holy Spirit. You, you, you accepted his invitation to come. You came to Jesus. Doesn't matter when you came to Jesus, as long as you come to Jesus. Amen? So the, the Holy Spirit draws you. The Father draws you to himself. All right? Verse 45, it is written in the prophets that they shall all be taught by God. What happens when, you, when you're taught by God? What do you get when you're taught by God? You get faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word. When you're taught by God, you're hearing the word. Right? Okay, verse 46, well, no, 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 let me finish 45. Therefore, everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. You've heard of Jesus. You've heard from the Father, and you came to Jesus. Amen? You got saved, right? Well, there's so many more things that he offers. Help, healing, direction, guidance. you got to come to him. Amen? Amen? What does it mean to come to him? You actively engage in a relationship with him. It's like going into your boss's office. Or it's, it's like having the principal call you in school. Usually that's not a good thing. But, okay, let me just play this out for you. Jesus calls you, says, hey, why don't you come into my office? You know, we can come boldly before the throne of grace anytime, anyplace, anywhere, right? That we might obtain mercy and find grace in the time of need. So Jesus calls you into his office, right? Then what, what do you have to do? You have to come into the office. Why? You, you don't know what he's thinking unless you come in and talk to him. So you come in and you have a conversation and you're like, Oh, now I see, now I understand, now I know, now what he's talking to you about, you can have, you can possess, you can do. We can come to Jesus. But only those who hunger and thirst are going to come. Those who have no hunger and thirst or no drive or desire, they're not going to come. Oh, I might get there. I'm on my way, but I got to do this first. Oh, Jesus, I'll follow you, but let me go bury my dead father. Well, why aren't you burying him now? Why are you here? Right? Remember, Jesus, people said, I got to go bury my father. What was he doing there? If he's got to go bury his father, how come he's not burying his father? You know, people make excuses. 
Why they can't come to Jesus. Why they can't come to this. Why they can't come to that. Because other things are more important. They have a greater hunger and a greater thirst for worldly things than they do for God's things. When your hunger for God supersedes your hunger for the world, you're going to be where God wants you to be. No, no questions asked. You're going to be there. And, and, and you're, you're going to, you're going to attend to God's words. You're going to incline your ear to his sayings. You're going to, you're going to listen intently. Why? Because you're ready to do whatever. You're hanging on every word that God says. Why? Because it's life. It's good. It's satisfying. It's enriching. It's enlightening. Every word of God. I'll never forget when God was changing my heart from evangelist to pastor. I was sitting in the worship center. That's where we were attending at the time. And I would watch Pastor Sam. If he moved to the left, I'd move to the left with my eyes. If he moved to the right, I would move my head to the right. I, I was focused intent. And in that focus, I was hungry for God. I wanted to do what God wanted me to do. I knew that I was supposed to preach and, and do these things. I didn't know where I was going to pastor. God said to me when I was at Ramah, he said, you're going to travel for a short time, then you're going to pastor. I didn't know where that pastor was going to be. I didn't know what place it was going to be. But I was, I was focused. I was hungry and thirsty. And I would watch. I watched the pastor. I watched my pastor at the time. Got my eyes on you. Right? I, I could even sense what was going to happen next in the service, what God wanted to do. I just had that sense because I was engaged. I was focused. I was fixed. And guess what? I felt God's hand go into my heart. Whoop, 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 makes a few adjustments. And it was right there sitting in one of those services that my heart was adjusted from evangelist to pastor. And it wasn't long after that that I heard about this opportunity at Victory Christian Fellowship. And I have never been as satisfied. I'm, now, when I say that, I mean, listen, there's, there's more things that we got to do. Amen? But I know that I'm doing it in the right place for the right people at the right time. Amen? See, when you're hungry and thirsty... You clear your schedule and you make yourself available for God. You get into a place, you say, God, I'm not going to leave this room until you speak to me. You have such a hunger and thirst for his word. Especially when you're struggling with something in life. When you're struggling with something, that is the time to clear your schedule and to seek God. Because nothing else is more important. You've got to hear a fresh word from God. You've got to hear direction from God. You, you need an instruction to get you out of where you are. Because that's the only thing that's going to change the situation. But when you're hungry and thirsty, you have a determination. You have a perseverance. I'm going to wait on God no matter how long it takes. Because you find when you wait on God, you forget about the time anyway. You're like, oh my goodness, I prayed for two hours? Holy cow, where did the time go? 
But you see, when you have a hunger and thirst, it's going to move you to action. When you're hungry and thirsty, you are chomping at the bit to get to where God is, where you know God is, where his word is, where his spirit is moving. Amen? And, and your hunger and thirst will be contagious to others. Amen? When they see you hungry and thirsty about the things of God, when they see you excited about the things of God, they say, hey, there, there might be something to this. It's going to inspire others. But when you're hungry and thirsty, I'm getting to him. Get out of my way. I'm getting to him. I'm coming, Jesus. I don't care who I knock down to get to you. I'm coming. Amen. You don't have to tiptoe into the throne room. You can go into the throne room boldly, confidently, knowing that Jesus Christ has made this way for you. Hunger and thirst. Desire. It's the only way you're going to get filled. It's the only way you're going to get satisfied. Hallelujah. Verse 47 says, Believers have eternal life. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting life the moment you believe that's when you have now if you have everlasting life what happens the moment you believe you're healed what do you have the moment you believe you prosper what happens you prosper everybody say the moment the moment you what the moment you believe who jesus or his word right in that moment that's when the power is released When was the power to wither the fig tree released? The moment he said it. The moment he said it, that tree said, okay, yes, I will wither and die. It can't go any other way. But see, sometimes, well, When you're hungry, what prevents you from getting satisfied? Maybe there's nothing on the shelf. But did you know God fed two to three million people in the wilderness? They had no refrigerator. They had no uh, pantry. What did they have? They had God. He brought water from a rock. I read this story the other day in 2 Kings 3 when Jehoshaphat and the king of Israel, Jehoram, they were going to go against Moab, right? And they were going to go by the way of Edom. But when they got there, they had no water for the cattle, no water for the people, and it's been about three days. Now, if you go four days without water, you're in deep doo-doo. You're in deep trouble, right? But they said, Jehoshaphat said, is there not a prophet of the Lord with the word of the Lord in him? They said, oh, yes, Elisha is here who served Elijah. And Elisha came. He said, give me a a musician. And the musician played and the spirit of God came on Elisha. And he said, dig trenches. And you're not going to see a wind. You're not going to see water, but the trenches are going to be filled. And the Bible says this is the easiest thing for God to do. I got to read it now. 
Second Kings three. Second Kings three. My goodness. You, you got to see this. It's the easiest thing for God to provide what you need, want, and desire. It's not a hard thing. Say, it's not hard for God. Hallelujah. Look at verse 18. 2 Kings 3, verse 18. Well, verse 17. 2 Kings 3, verse 17. For thus says the Lord, you shall not see wind, nor shall you see rain. Yet the valley shall be filled. Will everybody say the valley? valley. Shall be filled. Where's the water going to come from? It's going to come from heaven. It's going to come from God. He he can make it come from anywhere. Verse 8, so that you, your cattle, and your animals may what? Everybody say me, my cattle, and my animals. We're going to drink. And you're not just going to get a drop. You're going to have more than enough. Verse 18. This is a simple matter in the sight of the Lord. He will also deliver the Moabites into your hands. Not only is God going to give you water without rain, water without wind, but he's also going to deliver the enemy into your hand. He is more than enough. We think it's so hard. But God thinks it's so easy. I'm going to get on God's side. Stop saying how hard things are. Start saying how easy they are. Because they're easy for God. Whoo. My goodness. Okay. Let's go back to Isaiah 55. Oh, it's so easy for God. Sometimes God is just saying, just trust me and get out of the way. Just trust me and get out of my way. Amen? It's so easy for God. I mean, the same God who can make a virgin pregnant, it's so easy. Nothing is too difficult for God. Nothing is too hard for God. Nothing is too hard for God. I don't care if you've been sick for 20 years. Nothing is too hard for God. I don't care if you have no money in the bank. Nothing is too hard for God. When you put your faith in him, it activates his power on your behalf. And it causes the miraculous to come. Things to show up that weren't there before. My goodness, he he brought water from a rock. Didn't even know rocks had water. But God said that rock has water. All you got to do is strike that rock. Then you got to speak to the rock. We, We need to speak to some rocks. We're not, listen, the rock was struck once. We don't need to strike it again. Now we need to speak to it. We're in the speaking era. Speak to it. Moses got in trouble when God told him to speak to it and he struck it. Now, even though God's mercy brought water out, it wasn't his plan. 
That disqualified Moses from going into the promised land. When God says speak and you try to strike, strike, that's a combination of strike and rock together. When God says speak and you try to strike. See, striking is, is toil. Speaking is faith. When Jesus got into Peter's boat, Peter did not need a fish finder. Jesus was his fish finder. He he didn't need an instrument that said how deep the water is. Jesus knew how deep it was. Jesus got into his boat and all of a sudden the fish showed up. And Peter just had to cast his net out. He should have cast nets, uh, but he only cast net to. And that's why his net began to break. That's why he needed a second net. If he just threw two nets out the first time, it would have been fine. But he needed his partners to help. Jesus says nets and Peter said net. Okay. <laughs> Woo, hallelujah. Everybody say, Woo. Oh, glory to God. How do you spell relief? J-E-S-U-S. He's the relief from every problem. He's the relief from every pain. He's the relief from every sorrow. He's the relief from every grief. He's the relief of depression. He's the relief of oppression. It's J-E-S-U-S. How do you spell relief? I spell it J-E-S-U-S. He sets me free. He sets the captives free. That's what he does. He specializes when the deck is stacked against him. That's when he moves his powerful. That's when he moves in his mighty power. Isaiah 55 verse 2. Hallelujah. Why do you spend money for what is not bread? We spend, we, we, we get involved in so many useless things. Why are you spending money that is not bread, that doesn't satisfy? And your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me. What happens when you listen to him? Faith comes. <laughs> Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and let your soul delight itself in what? Say, my soul delights in abundance. I get excited when I have more than enough. I delight in abundance, not poverty, abundance. Not lack, abundance. Not, listen, you have moved, you have moved from barely get along street that was right next to Grumble Alley and now you're on Plentiful Lane. And I didn't have to work for it. I just have to believe for it. I just have to listen to him. I have to come to him. All that is talking about faith. Verse 3. Incline your ear and come to me here and your soul shall live. You want your soul to live? I will make an everlasting covenant with you. How how long of a covenant? It's never ending. 
No end. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. Verse six. Go down to verse six. Seek the Lord while, may, while he may be found. <laughs> what does that mean? Either you're going to run out of time or uh, your moment will come. It's, listen, it's best to seek God now, not tomorrow. Don't wait another moment. Don't be like Pharaoh and say, oh, yeah, it's okay. We'll just put up with the frogs one more night. You know, Moses, you know, the frogs were in the bread basket. They were in the ovens. They were in the beds. They were in the bathroom. Frogs. Everybody say frogs. When the frogs were in Egypt, it was a hopping place. And, and, and Moses said, you know, should I tell the frogs to go? And, and Pharaoh said, no, just one more night with the frogs. Like, what? If I was an Egyptian, I would have slapped Pharaoh. No wonder the, the Egyptians wanted the Israelite to leave. My goodness. Listen, don't put up with your pain another moment. Don't put up with your pain another moment. You come to Jesus and be healed. You come. You don't have to buy. Listen, you can buy healing for free. We're having a sale on healing today. It's free. That's going to be the best deal you've ever had. And guess what? That's how God always operates. Everything that God gives is free. You just got to use your faith for it. Just believe for it. All right? Call upon him while he is near. Verse 7, let the wicked forsake his way and unrighteous man his thoughts. Listen, if you're doing wickedness, drop it, let it go, and leave it right now. Stop doing wicked. What is wicked? It's twisted and perverted against God. How many ever seen a wicker chair or a wicker basket? What does that mean? Everything's twisted together, right? Stop, leave, forsake your wickedness and change your unrighteous thoughts and just make that adjustment in your heart right now today. You might as well just say repent and come to me. Amen. That's what it means. New Testament language is repent and come to me. And return to the Lord. And he will have mercy on him. See, if, if, if you're doing something wrong, stop it and just come to Jesus. He'll have mercy on you. Amen? It's so wonderful. And he will abundantly pardon. Okay. My goodness. That's so good. Okay, the Bible tells us that we ought to, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul ought to long for God. Right? Have you ever encountered a deer saying, boy, it's tough to find water in this wilderness? Huh? Have you ever saw a deer by the side of the road going, what's happening? I'm thirsty. No, a deer pants for water. They, They find it. If a deer can find it, you can find satisfaction. Amen? Psalm 63, verse 1 says, Oh God, you are my God. With the deepest longing, I will seek you. My soul thirsts for you. In a dry and weary land. 
It doesn't matter if you're in the midst of a famine. God's a fountain in the famine. He's a pool in perseverance. He's a supply when everything is dry. He's your moisture when you live your vo- when you lift your voice. What did Jesus tell the woman at the well that he was going to give her? What kind of water? Living water. Why? She was trying to find satisfaction in all the wrong relationships. This man, that man, this man, that man, five, and now she's living with one that's not her husband. I think she was married more than Elizabeth Taylor. She was trying to find satisfaction with hooking up with the wrong people. Didn't find satisfaction there. Didn't find it here. Didn't find it here. Didn't find it here. And I still haven't found it. But now she meets another man named Jesus. Woo! Now she finds living water. And she gets so excited about it, she goes and tells, Come here, someone who told me all about my life. This must be the Messiah. Yeah, let's go hear him. See, she was hungry. She got so hungry and thirsty that she was so excited of her getting the living water that she went and shared it with other people. You got to come and drink this water. I'll tell you what, at that church, they got sparkling water. I don't mean, I don't like sparkling water. I'm not talking about the stuff you drink. I'm talking about what it does for your soul. It makes you sparkle. It makes you bubble. It makes you effervescent. Oh, effervescent. You know what effervescent is? It's bubbling. It's moving. It's circulating. It's percolating. Man, how many's ever seen a percolator? Coffee. They got the little crystal thing. Boop, 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 boop. Right? When you get, you know it's done. Hallelujah. Right now, you're just, you've been percolating in the presence of God. Hallelujah. You're coming to a head right now when the Holy Spirit is going to touch you and fill you and satisfy you. Jesus said in John 7:37 on the last day of the feast he said all those who are thirsty come to me and drink and what's going to happen out of your belly is going to flow rivers of living water out of your belly out of your spirit there's going to come a river up from the ground came a bubbling stream holy ghost that is oh Doug thought he was a, a spiritual billionaire I was just shooting at some grub, but I'm coming down. Something bubbling, something moving, something flourishing. It's a river. It's a river. How does the river start? You got to drink. One drink starts to flow the river. How do you drink? You got to come and drink. How do you drink? You got to move your mouth. Drinking is praising God. Drinking is worshiping God. Drinking is saying how good God is, how great God is, how awesome God is. That's what drinking is. That's how you drink. That's spiritual drinking. Why? I got a well that never runs dry. Your tongue is the bucket that goes down and gets the water. And you get enough water, it becomes a river. (laughs) Hallelujah. 
All right. One more scripture, then I'm done. (laughs) I'm getting drunk up here. I know. Mm. All right. Deuteronomy 6, 10. Deuteronomy 6, 10. So it shall be when the Lord your God brings you into the land which he swore to your fathers. Our promised land today is all the promises of God which are yes and amen. Our Canaan land is every promise that God has brought us in that he already said is ours, but we have to come in and take possession of. Has the Lord brought you in? Yeah, when you accepted the Lord, what did he do? He brought you into his family. He brought you into his household. He brought you into his citizenship. Okay? (laughs) Say, the Lord brought me in. Okay? He swore to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you large and beautiful cities. Oh, God, God doesn't mind you having a city. Amen. City. Everybody say city. You've been thinking house. We need to think cities. Nations. I'll give you the nations of your inheritance. Okay? Beautiful cities that you did not build. Houses full of all good things. Full of what? Which you did not fill. How'd you get it? I believe for it. God said it. It was mine. I went and got it. Yeah, but who owned it before you? Doesn't matter. God said I could have it. Who cares? If God said I could have it, it doesn't matter who owned it before. And hewn out out wells which you did not dig. Vineyards and olive trees which you did not plant. When you have eaten and are what? When you have eaten and are what? Then beware lest you forget the Lord. After you've eaten and are full, bless the Lord. Do you realize... Every time Jesus fed the 5,000 and when he fed the 4,000, it always, they ate and were satisfied. No one left the 5,000 that said, I didn't get enough. No one left the 4,000 that said, I didn't get enough. Not only did everyone get enough, there was leftovers. Started with a little bit and it became a multitude. God's ready to fill you today. He just needs some hungry people. When you hunger and thirst after righteousness, you shall be filled. Uh, hallelujah. We got some hungry people in this house. How, how can the hungry and the thirsty stay seated? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hungry and thirsty people, they get up. They make their way to the table. Hallelujah. They're excited about what the, they're, they're about to partake of. Hallelujah. 
Listen, I don't need to lay hands on any one of you. You just need to be filled. Say, I shall be filled. I hunger. I thirst. I shall be filled. I am filled. I am full. I am overflowing. Holy Ghost right now, pour out from heaven on these people and fill them up in the name of Jesus. Fill them till it comes out of their mouth, till it comes out of their lives, till it comes out of their thoughts, till it comes out of their behavior. In the name of Jesus, fill them up, fill them up, fill them up, fill them up. Fullness, 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 fullness. Fullness, 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 fullness. Hallelujah. Good to the last drop. Fullness. Hallelujah. What's happening? I'm being filled. Declare. Listen, if you got pain in your body, declare you're free and full of healing. You're full of health. You're full of life. Full of vitality. Full of vigor. Hallelujah. Y'all reached your limit already? Y'all reach your limit? Can't have more? No, you need more. You need more. You need more. You need more. <laughs> this is going to be something different for you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Father, I open up the floodgates right now. Joy, the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord, 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 the joy of the Lord Lord is your strength. 
is your strength. It is your strength. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. Hallelujah. 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 If you haven't reached your full level yet, then you need to come and do some more drinking. (laughs) If you feel like you haven't reached your full level yet, come. Come up here right now in the name of Jesus. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 